Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Time now for the DenverSports.com front page. Stop what you're doing and listen. Taking a look at the top stories in Denver sports taken from your online home for the best opinions and information on the Broncos, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rockies, and more. What in the name of Dan Issel? With today's DenverSports.com front page, here's Schlereth and Evans. Our steroid conversation lit up the text line like a Christmas tree. (laughs) Great job promoting steroids, you morons. Nobody was promoting steroids. We just simply said, if you want to make baseball fun to watch again, let everybody go. I mean, look, don't ask, don't tell, right? Ball's going that far over the fence. I'm tuning in. Point blank, period. First up on DenverSports.com, Jake Shapiro writing that the Broncos have the third worst odds to win the Super Bowl next year. Is that, third, too high? The, is that too low the, the or is that third, too high? The third, wor- who's worse than us? The Jets? Well, look at Aaron Rodgers back. and the Panthers. Titans and the Panthers. Wow. You're tied with the Giants, the Commanders, and the Patriots. Oh. 100 to 1. Giant, you're tied with the Giants, Commanders, and Patriots. Feels like based upon past performance, I mean, that's your neighborhood, no? Yeah. It is. It's just hard. It, it's just a little bit difficult to hear it. Yeah, for sure. Oh, no, right? it's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. yeah. It is a jagged little pill. It is. A jagged Shout out to Lannis. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody says, and I think this ties in perfectly to this texture. This texture goes, does Sam Darnold have Hall of Fame potential skills? If not, then blank that. Yes. Sure. Oh, you're going to go there? Sure, okay. he does. Does he have as many Hall of Fame potential skills as any of the quarterbacks coming out right now? I mean, Caleb's a generational prospect. He's big. He's athletic. He can run, and he's got, and he can throw it. So, I mean, I I, I look at that. Like, here's the deal. That's Sam Darnold. Hall of Fame potential. That's like MPJ Hall of Fame potential. I mean, be careful. Uh, no. You're walking a tightrope here. No, 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 no. no. It's not even. It's <laughs> okay. not even Why don't you be careful? Not, yeah, it's not close to that. <laughs> okay. But from the quarterback position, does yeah, I see the 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 generational skills or the or the you know Hall of Fame skills? The skills does Tom Brady have Hall of Fame skill set? Nope. But you know what he has? A Hall of Fame processor. Mm. And that's what I'm more concerned about. You can sit there and tell me how great an athlete Jaden Daniels is or how great an athlete, you know, Caleb Williams is or whatever. How do you process information and how do you play the NFL game? Like, that's that's what matters to me, not the skill set. Your big arm and athleticism, all that stuff is, to me, is that's secondary compared to you know, the difference between hardware and software. You better have the right software you better have the right program from the neck up. I, I just, what are we talking about here? Is that what is that what Broncos fans are expecting them to go out and find a potential Hall of Famer right I now? Think they're, they're, they want to move up to get somebody they can be excited about because the guy There's had nothing to be excited about. Right, the guy had great a great college career. How excited are you in Carolina right now about Bryce Young? I mean, do you want to mortgage your future to go get the second or the third quarterback off the board? I mean, not okay. I mean, do you think JJ McCarthy has potential Hall of Fame skill set? 
You think Bo Nix right. has a potential Hall of Fame skill set? You're asking for, you know, the moon here. Is is what it feels like from some people because right. I've heard that sentiment. You know, I, why why go down the veteran retread path? Why do that? We've done that. Mm-hmm. Drew Lock, I mean not Lock, uh, Bridgewater, uh, Flacco, Keenum. We've seen what that looks like. Right? Why go back to that? Well, Mark, I love I love Sam Darnold. Couldn't even start on his own NFL team. You do realize he's the first quarterback from that 2018 class that was supposed to be the 1983 class of quarterbacks that actually played in a Super Bowl or was on a Super Bowl team with San Francisco. He's the first one as a backup. Like, the rest of that class hasn't gone either, guys. Like, you understand that? And I'll tell you the other thing is last year, Baker Mayfield, and I talked to Baker about this, last year, Baker Mayfield was taking snaps as a scout team defensive end for Carolina. Doesn't get any more desperate than that, man. He was the first overall player taken with those quote-unquote Hall of Fame skill Skill set. I just, you got to look at the situation you're in right now. That's, to be honest, that's not what they're looking for right now. I mean, ideally, yeah, you you would love to find that. Mm -hmm. But I, you're not in a position to do something like that. Right. Unless Chicago wants to have a fire sale and you want to just give everything up, even then you're going to have to compete with other people who are going to be bidding for that spot. So if you feel like this Broncos team is in the position where they should mortgage the future and mortgage future assets again for the third time right. in the last three years, I, I, in my opinion, in my opinion, you're not looking at the big picture. I just don't know how you're going to get from point A to D this year, if that makes sense. Let's make it to B. Mm-hmm. Upward trajectory, positive momentum. And then, hey, maybe next year you make it to C and go on from there. You're right. But you're not going to get from point A to D right from where you're at right now. Yeah. It, it's just not a good state of affairs. Just not. Correct. Agreed. Right. Next up on the front page. I don't have the... Oh, look, I just did it myself. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure, Sorry. sure. Uh huh. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Just excuses on a Friday is all I hear coming out of the coming out of the booth. All right, uh, Jake Shapiro writing that the Nuggets entering the All Star break in a peculiar position, riding their uh, three game losing streak here. Where, where are we at with the Nuggets? I mean, All Star break here. You're right in the thick of it in the Western mm-hmm. Conference, which is much tighter than it was last year. You don't have the separation. You got guys banged up throughout the lineup. How do you feel about the Nuggets right now? I, you know, I give my confidence pick at an 8 out of 10. I just think they've got the best starting five in basketball. And I know there are a lot of concerns about the bench. Mm-hmm. But last year at this time, there were a lot of concerns about the bench. And I thought Christian Brown played his ass off in the playoffs played without the basketball. He doesn't have to be ball dominant. He just plays without it. He played great defense. He created energy. Bruce Brown. Everybody, you know, is is all about Bruce Brown, and I'm I love Bruce Brown. Bruce B. Yeah, but in the regular season, he scored 11 points a game. In the in the postseason, he scored 12. Like like I think they're they are. I think at the end of the day, Michael Malone will figure out his. Three guys off the bench, and I think I just am not. I don't have a lot of concern about that. They've got the best player in the game. They've got the best two man 
combination in the game. They've got one dude in Jamal who is, you know, you talk about big shot Robert Orrier. He has just got the ability to crank it up come playoff time and be a big-time factor. You've got Aaron Gordon who will guard the best offensive player on the other team and will have games where he can just be a scorer. It's just like I don't have a lot of concern about where the Nuggets are. I'm worried about the health and durability here. I am. Jamal Murray has missed 15 games, that 15-game chunk, and you know had to miss a few more here lately. But even in the games that he's been healthy, he's taken some awkward falls or some shots to the knee where he's got to jog it off, and for a second you're watching him and going, you okay? And then the other night in Milwaukee, he took himself out of the game mm-hmm. and went and had a conference with Michael Malone and said, something ain't right. And obviously he was talking about the bilateral tibia soreness, basically shin, shin splints, that's that type of thing. Right. He's dealing with something like that. I, I just look at this, and it's starting for me to be a little reminiscent of what the Avs went through last year, where eventually the long grind of a long season followed by a short off season, right back at it, and now you're not as deep as you were the year before, so you're more reliant on your top dogs. Well, maybe you're starting to burn the candle out. And even Malone addressed it after the game. I mean, you guys got that audio here, right? This is what he said. Jamal and I were talking about it today. This is the first time we're going through it. You know, the Golden State went through it, you know, four times. Um, you know, Pop and San Antonio, they went through it a bunch of times. Well, this is, you can talk, you can talk to people. How hard is it? But you got to walk that. You got to go through it yourself to really understand it. And we played into June. And our guys that were here last year are definitely physically, mentally, and emotionally worn out. Played a lot of basketball. And so I think getting away, I feel bad for Nicola. You know, he's got to go to Indianapolis, and uh, hopefully he can find a way to just rest his mind. But uh, I'm hoping that this break allows everybody to come back rejuvenated. So you got Jamal who's banged up. MPJ had to miss a game in Sacramento with knee soreness, although maybe it was just a night off for him. Bit of a scheduled loss there. The first Sacramento game, KCP came back for nine minutes against Milwaukee, then got hurt again. So I agree with you that if healthy, my concerns are, are are limited. They're there, but they're limited. I still feel like I'm in a pretty good place with this group. But as it stands, I mean, Joker's got the wrist. He's got the back. He got poked in the eye. He's getting beat up every single night. Have you seen his arms lately? I mean, it oh, looks yeah. like the guy's got battle scars. I mean, yeah. it's ridiculous. That's from Circus Club. That's right. <laughs> Maybe wrestling bear. He's a bear wrestler. That's right. He does not get... That, guy does, that guy does not Maybe that's get tired. I think Val got mauled at Circus Club. <laughs> Thought he could take on a bear. <sighs> anyway, I, 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 I can see some concerns here, and I'll just say, you got 27 games left out of the All-Star break. As Malone mentioned, it's not like we 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 can think we have to ease back into it. It's what, much like what the Avs are going let through me ask right you, now. Let me just ask you this: What do you? Twenty-seven games. What do you predict their record to be through the twenty-seven games? I took them at twenty and seven. That's what they're going to need to be to be in the top three. Three right? probably. I'd say, yeah, something close to that. Something close to that. It, it does depend on health. I mean, seventeen K- and ten, maybe. You know, I just any any less than that, and you're not. Here, here's here's my biggest concern. Their uh, A game last year was so clear and above every. When they had it, right. it was they were the best team. This year, 
I don't know if I could say their A game has translated into them being the best team or them winning close games. Right. Like they used to, last year they were blowing out good teams. Mm -hmm. They're not doing that this year. Yeah, a lot of, I think a lot has to do with, and I think this break is vitally important for KCP and the hamstring. Yeah. And obviously the the made up tibias. Sure. I've never heard. Have you ever heard anybody describe, like, describe, like, got sat down and is out with tibias? Bilateral tibia. Bilateral tibias. Both my tibias are tender. Yeah. <laughs> tender a tibias. Tender tibia. Get a little bit of a tender tibia. Yeah. No, I have not. I have, I have not. But again, I, it just goes just to show you everybody's a little the, banged up. I tip my cap to the Nuggets because that's a very specific, like, a very specific title to an injury. That you could probably just say shin splints and everybody would be like, oh, okay, yeah, shin splints, yeah. those hurt. Yeah. All right, well, let's transition here. All right. Let's transition here a little bit. Nuggets back in action after the All-Star break. Jokic, the only representative, of course, this is NBA All-Star weekend. We were just uh, we were just listening to a segment on Get Up on ESPN, and they were talking about the future of Russell Wilson. And it relates to our quarterback conversation we just had. I there are reports that have come out over the last week that have resurfaced once again. And we heard this from the Broncos at the postseason press conference from Penner, Peyton, and Peyton that, no, they're, they're open to a reunion with Russ. Mm-hmm. The underlying aspect of that being, of course, if there are major concessions made on the contract. Actually, let's just start there. What type of concessions would Russell have to make on the contract he is currently slated to begin Past the fifth day of the league year, what what for the Broncos to accept him back? What type of concessions are we talking about, Russ making? Wow. Um. So one, let me just preface this by saying, I don't think there is any way that Sean wants him back. Mm. Now Sean can sit there and say we've got a great relationship. All you want to say at you know when you're making your radio tour at the Super Bowl. But I don't one, I don't think there's any chance or any want of Russell Wilson. So I don't think they're a personality fit and I don't think they're a scheme fit. So even if you could get him back, the concessions are you're gonna bring him back and you're gonna save yourself like is it twenty million bucks a year? And like re like you're not you're gonna you're gonna ask him to walk away from so it's 37 and 39. Mm-hmm. So you're going to ask him to walk away from essentially 17 and 19 million dollars. 40 million. Almost 40 million dollars. And then even then there's got to be some other concession because injury guarantee. Right. That, that'd be the other concession. Right. And, and I think the yeah, the injury guarantee. Then the other thing you, he has to know is that we are actively trying to replace you. Right. So you may become a bridge quarterback for us. I, the only way that he would be open to that, and again, I think you're right on the money. I'm talking about minimum ten million per year, most likely fifteen to twenty, if they were to actually take him back mm-hmm. on the contract. And then we're talking about pushing the injury guarantee to the point where, hey, we can guarantee twenty four. Twenty five isn't guaranteed. Right. We're, we're getting off the hook for if you want any chance of being right. in the orange and blue again, that's where we'll start. And why would Russ do that? Yeah, there's just there. To me, there's just no plausible way that you could make a deal work for a guy, frankly, you don't want. Right. And and I think at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to, is that it's not a good fit. 
they have told us by their actions time and time again that they really don't want this guy here, specifically Sean. And again, it's like, okay, well, now we're into a quarterback for $20 million and we're kind of just kicking the can down the road a little bit more Mm -hmm. to the point where we might pick our heads up here in two, three years and be in the same exact spot we're in now. That's what we want to do. Yeah. So, no, I don't believe that report that they're open to a reunion with Russ. I, I, I really don't believe that report. It doesn't make sense to me. And from Russell Wilson's perspective, why would you concede anything, especially after the way they treated you? I always wonder where... Jabroni! I always wonder where those <laughs> okay, reports... Okay, yeah. Okay, I wonder where those reports come from. I'm thinking they're leaked from the Broncos side of things to maybe put a little pressure on it and to maybe even tell the rest of the NFL, look, we hold value in him. Because they're still trying to trade him. They're not going right, to, but they're, they're still trying. Well, It's yeah. hard to trade an asset that people think you have no interest in. So, like, for instance, when a couple of years ago when Dak wouldn't re-sign with the Cowboys yeah, and they kept releasing, the, the terms of the contract kept getting released, mm-hmm. uh, no, no quarterback or quarterback's agent releases a contract terms that they're not going to sign. <laughs> right. So those come from the Cowboys. And the and the way it is is to create public pressure for him to sign, basically saying we're making him the highest paid quarterback. You know, a lot of it's funny money, a lot of it he'll never see. We're you know we're doing all these things. He's being greedy, and then everybody says he should just accept it. Why is he being so greedy? He's not that good. Blah blah blah. And it puts public pressure on the player, right? Sure. So that's released from the the organization. So for instance, when all of a sudden at the end of the season it's released that. The, the Broncos tried to, you know, be a little bit shady and said, we're going to cut you or we're going to bench you if you don't do this. That comes from Russ's people. Of course. Because you're not, you, as an organization, you're not saying. What benefit does it serve the Broncos right, to it, out themselves? Yeah, right. So that comes from that organizational side. So this one, to me, is an organizational leak because, mm-hmm. one, to drum up interest in in him for a possible, I mean, you may have to eat all the money, but for a possible move him out, maybe pick up, you know, a late round draft or something. Um, but but to create an interest, yeah, an illusion of value, right? Yeah. And I, I think that would be the only reason that you would leak that. And let's face it, I mean, he is not personality fit; didn't fit well with Sean and scheme fit. There's no scheme fit there, you know, and and like you said it during a break, unless your scheme is recess on two, <laughs> recess on two, ready hut. That's right. I I I completely agree. It's got to be from the Broncos, and the only reason, Mark, the only way that I could see Russ making any sort of concessions is if there are no other phone calls, if there are quite literally no other opportunities, which I think there will be because mm-hmm. some team is basically going to get a free quarterback. For all intents and purposes, whether or not he's going to be your starter, you at least get a an established veteran Super Bowl champion for next to nothing while the Broncos foot the bill. Yes. Somebody will be interested in that. Somebody will somebody will take him at the minimum because why wouldn't you? Well, Tim Hasselbeck on Get Up said maybe not so fast. Listen, I think there's a chance Russell Wilson is out of football. Like, I'm not sure that there's definitely a landing spot for him. He's older. I think that it's fair to say that his game is diminished. I think in terms of, you know, the leadership component that you typically want from a veteran quarterback that comes in, I think it's fair to have questions about that. Hmm. I I have a hard time finding too much to disagree with. 
I think all those things are true, but I think here's here's the point for me is there's always somebody out there. If the guy is on a veteran minimum because the Broncos are paying him, so when the Broncos release him, and they've got to release him by like March 5th, March 5th okay? So when they do basically say, we're not going to retain you, um, there's always somebody out there, ego-wise, that believes they can fix him or they can work with him. And the other thing, the value he brings, if you're in that later of the draft, I need a quarterback, maybe it's Penix, maybe it's McCarthy, maybe it's Bo Nix, maybe, you know, that that he could be the bridge quarterback and, you know, and, and we can operate that way. So I think I think that there is value in him when he becomes a free agent, you don't have to pay him anything. There's no tradable value. Tim's 100% correct when it becomes tradable value. There is zero tradable value there. Nobody's going to take on that contract. Mm. Well, this is what Mike Tannenbaum had to say to that take from from Hasselbeck. Yeah, I see it totally differently, and here's why. So the $39 million is offset, meaning that all the team has to do is pay him the minimum. So call it a million dollars. I think there'll be teams lined up around the corner. Now, whether or not Russell Wilson wants to play and the love of football, we're going to find out. But earlier we talked about Baker Mayfield reviving his career in Tampa, and now he's set up to do real well in free agency. If I'm Russell Wilson, I'm walking to Pittsburgh and saying, hey, Coach Tomlin, I'm your starting quarterback. I'll pay for a million dollars. Deverell pay me 38, and I'm going to resurrect my career with Arthur Smith. And if Russell Wilson doesn't want to play, no one's going to blame him. He's had a great career, got paid well. But if I'm him, this is an opportunity to revive what was once a really good career. How many opportunities is he going to get? Well, I think I think first and foremost, tell me where Justin Fields is going to go because he'll get the first crack at all that stuff, right? Agreed, yeah. Okay, but then after that, if Justin Fields is going to go to Atlanta. Sure. On the, and he grew up in Georgia, just outside of Atlanta. I think it's Atlanta, a great fit. Right? Or if Justin Fields is going to go to Pittsburgh, or if he's going to stay in Chicago. I mean, that's... that's please the, no, please no. Right. But that's the that's the question mark <laughs> there. And then after Justin Fields, then I think it becomes Russell Wilson. Where do you want to go if you... And, and Arthur Smith, he's run that type of offense. Um, you know, I, I think that's a, a perfect fit in Pittsburgh. All right, on the other side, we're going to continue this on Russ because NFL.com just put out their quarterback rankings, and I, the numbers, I think, speak for themselves. Matt Smith in for Mike Evans alongside Mark Schlereth on Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan. Ever since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my hiding spots. Ha, found you. How? That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity. Now through March 21st, get started with 200 megabit internet for $25 a month for two years with no annual contract and get Wi-Fi equipment included. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Requires paperless plan auto pay with stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Taxes and fees extra. After promo, regular rates apply to internet service and Wi-Fi equipment. Actual speeds vary. You're listening to Schlereth and Evans on Denver Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. Matt Smith in for Mike Evans. Mark Schlereth here until 9. Then he's got a dipsy doodle out to the airport. Mm-hmm. Go, go catch some college baseball. Your son coaching, pitching coach down there at Western Michigan. That'll be great, man. Hope you have a great it's time. Gonna, it's going it to be a blast. I think we're playing Michigan today. Oh, okay. Michigan. Right. Well, Western Michigan to, at Michigan. Well, you know what they say about Michigan. 
Nobody's got it better than them. Than them. Than them. Well, they used to. Nobody. Nobody, nobody had it better than nobody them. did. Their coach left. Oh, that's the Chargers distinction. I I I, I saw this. Who's better, better than us? <laughs> nobody. God bless them. I saw the I, I saw this stat. I wanted to pass along. I thought this was uh, this is telling, and it kind of goes to this person's text here that's talking about how they don't get all the doom and gloom surrounding the Broncos' future. Talking about how Sean Payton's going to begin identifying football players. A couple of years of doing that. He says it's it may look dark now. The immediate future may not be bright, but, you know, look at the big picture here. Okay. That's basically what Fred and Jacksonville is saying. We appreciate the text, Fred, but yeah. how about this? Since 2001, there have been 125 drives in the NFL postseason where it was at least the fourth quarter. There was under a minute left to play, and the team on offense trailed by seven points or fewer at the start. So we're talking about clutch time, under a minute left to play in the game, mm-hmm. trailing by seven or fewer to start. These are your standard clutch moments for a football team, the do-or-die drives that win and lose critical games. Okay. Out of those 125 drives since 2001 in the postseason, only 40% of them saw the team on offense convert. Some quarterbacks are pretty good at it, such as Tom Brady, who on those drives in the postseason, 5 for 11. Pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, five times the game's on the line, and you came through. Yeah, almost almost half. Almost half. Almost 50%. Drew Brees, 3 for 6. Okay, 50%. 50%. Only Patrick Mahomes, though, is 7 for 7. Perfect in those situations. That's why you don't kick off. No, that's why you don't accept the kickoff when you win the coin toss. Oh that's God. why you defer in that situation. What was Kyle doing there? I mean, what was he thinking? Or did he just <clears throat> overthink the situation? I've been burying him. I mean, what what a huge mistake. He yeah. pulled a Dion. I mean, Dion got lucky against CSU that that went the right way. Had it not gone the right, I mean, he would have been buried till till kingdom come. And honest to goodness, I fully anticipate Dion to do the same thing again this year. Sorry, that was I, my yeah, own little. <laughs> it, it's okay. It's okay because. So I, I I haven't told you this. I think you'll you'll enjoy this okay. kind of analogy. So the other day I'm doing a podcast, and the question was like, you know, you're prep for a game and how you prepare, and you know that I am constantly studying film and yeah. studying the game and, yeah. and trying to learn as much as I can at all times and picking people's brains and asking coaches questions and and. You can do all of that, right? And you can assume and you can think this is the way a game's going to go. And you can have all your ducks in a row and you can be ready to talk about all these things that this team does. And ultimately, the game can kick off and those two teams can do nothing that you saw over the last four weeks. It can be one of those key buster games, one of those self-evaluation games, one of those games where they see something that you didn't see and they go in a different direction. And the point of telling you that is that you have to game that you have to call the game that's in front of you, not the one you expected to happen. And so Kyle said that he met with the analytics team before the playoffs started in regards to the new playoffs rules, and that was what they suggested. Well, you know what you're not facing? When you're facing, okay, who'd they face? They faced Jordan Love. When they faced Jared Goff, you know what you're not facing? Patrick Mahomes. Mm. 
in that stat that you just threw out there. Yeah, seven for seven. So when that's the case, you know what you do? You tell your analytics team, thank you, but pound sand, that doesn't fit this game in this scenario. The problem with analytics is you do the math, and the math is based on league-wide averages. Guess what's not average? Patrick Mahomes. Guess what's not average? Chris Jones. Guess what's not average? The Kansas City Chiefs. Like, you have to go, I think analytics to some degree has ruined baseball. I think to some degree, it's one of the reasons that coaching decisions in my mind are so bad because they're relying on, they're they're adding extra things, you know, that they've been told pregame or in the moment and you're making some, that's influencing your decision and you're not actually looking at the game that's going on. You're not coaching by feel. Right. So yeah. one of the things I always say is, like, you don't, in, unless you've done it, and I don't care about coaching either, unless you've been third down and eight from your own two-yard line and you're one-on-one again. Third and eight from your own two? Oh, third, from your own two. From, from your, your own, own two. two. Okay. Right. <laughs> third and eight from your own two and you're one-on-one with Warren Sapp. Until you've understood the pucker factor that that is, and and knowing that that if I give up a sack, the game is over. If I get a holding call in the end zone, which is entirely possible, that's a that's a safety, safety as well. Game's over. Yep. Like until you felt that, and that's why when you cross the forty and they say, "Hey, four down," and if you get to fourth and four and minus, hey, it's go for it territory. Well, that's great. And all of a sudden, that that's awesome. But if you haven't blocked Chris Jones all day, and he's affected three passes, and he's hit your quarterback six times, guess what? It's probably better to line up and kick a field goal, or what? You know, whatever. So you got to take those things into consideration. I, to me, I, I don't even know how the math works out in Kyle's favor. There, he's making so many assumptions by taking the ball. Right. You're assuming you're scoring a touchdown. You're assuming Kansas City is matching you. Those are giant assumptions. But if you're going to do that on on third down and four, run it twice, right, and see if you can score a touchdown. And essentially, because even if you don't, guess what? The Kansas City Chiefs get the ball first and ten mm. from their own two yard line, and then you know what they're not in four down territory. They were in four down territory before that, but now if you get them to third and six, you know, or you get them to fourth and four, they have to punt. Right, you know, so that yeah. that didn't make that, and now you get the third possession, and if you can pin them inside the ten and make them punt, guess what you get? Field goal wins it, right? It's a walk off field goal. So I, I just like all those things to me didn't make any sense. None of it did. I mean, if you've watched college football at all, you know you always, always. take the ball second. Right. You just always do. You always defer. Always do. I yes. don't. That's why I say, like the analytics. I don't even know what the analytics could have possibly said that made that led them to that decision. Whatever it was, they're yeah, wrong. Maybe don't fire Steve Wilkes. Maybe fire, fire your analytics, analytics guys. No kidding. On the other side, musts, wants, and needs. Hmm. What those mean? You're listening to Schlereth and Evans on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Happy Friday, y'all. It's a freaking weekend. I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. You guys got any plans back there? Rogue? Favor? A- anything going on? Um, I'm just hanging out with some friends this weekend. Mm. This weekend? <laughs> going to lunch. <laughs> nice. You're lunching, huh? You're, you're going yes. to, is it lunch or brunch? Uh, brunch. 
I'd say brunch. Sunday Fair. brunch with the with with some girls. Bottomless mimosas. John, how about you? What? Good. I was editing something. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was saying, do you have any good weekend plans, buddy? Uh, no, I'm just going to try to recuperate. It was a, it was a long week. It was so a long week. Well, you got to put up with these two all week. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean. Take some time to relax. Yeah, no question. Yep. Somebody on the Ramoslaw.com text line, 303-713-1043. Stink, tomorrow's the 40th anniversary of Footloose. Yeah. Mike watched it. Did he? Yeah. Well, this, so, this was a thing, right? Mike had never seen it, and you were trying to tell him that... This is it's one of the best movies ever. No, is it's that just, right? It, no, it's not. It's not that it's a good movie. It's just that it's iconic. It's an iconic '80s movie from when Mike and I grew up, and I just couldn't believe that Mike hadn't watched it. That is surprising, right? I mean, it's a big part of the cultural zeitgeist. I mean, Footloose, right? Everybody, everybody knows. I mean, you weren't allowed to dance in this town, right? Exactly. How dancing saved the town, right? And there, so it was. It would, but it was like right in Mike and I's wheel high school wheelhouse. Mm. So, like, how could you have not watched this? What's a more What's a more like substantial or iconic dance movie? Dirty Dancing or Footloose? Ooh, that is a really good question. Yeah, that is a really good question. I'll say this. I'll say this. I once saw a Broadway production of Dirty Dancing, and the understudy was playing Patrick Swayze, but it didn't matter. At the second, you know, nobody puts baby in a corner. Everybody standing ovation. I don't know if you're getting a standing ovation. In foot like is there any is there any great lines that stick out? I'd probably go with dirty dancing, but maybe I'd yeah. be wrong there. I yeah, just kind of different cultural difference, but yeah, that was the uh coming of age of a young lady. <laughs> okay. In the cat skills. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing beats a coming of age story. Yeah, it's the best. In yeah, film, I think it def- definitely is. I mean, everybody came of age at one point. Right? Yeah. So someone said Kyle didn't know the rules. Another choke job by Shanahan. Kyle overrated as NFL coaches. Kyle's a dumb genius. He didn't have the Manage rules right. The game properly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mad dog. Yeah, I just did. You see the reaction from the Chiefs sideline when that happened? Yeah, yeah. Holmes. They were all eyes wide. They want the ball. They can have it. Yeah, they, they can have it. Yeah, somebody, that, that somebody did not go over well. I love this one. Somebody goes, "Oh, oh, so Mahomes is seven for seven, but you would defer to him in overtime." Nice thinking, genius. I'm here. I was wondering if that was Kyle Shanahan that was texting him mm. because that's yet another person who doesn't understand the rules of overtime. Right. <laughs> Pay yeah. attention, Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> A ton of quarterbacks have Hall of Fame skill sets. Drew Locke has a Hall of Fame arm and athleticism for the position. It's about the neck up Hall of Fame processing skills that makes somebody elite. That's yeah. what the Broncos should be looking for. Which is, which frankly is really hard to find. You know, we went through this whole conversation, Matt, about um, about like three playmakers on the offensive side, yeah. right? And I would I would go so far as to say I think. The biggest of the three in today's game, obviously, people are trying to find an X receiver, like a, you know, like a guy that that um, can just dominate the boundary side of a formation, a guy that you have to roll coverage to and try to get a, a corner and a safety over the top that opens up the other side, like the the guys like uh, uh, Jefferson in Minnesota, right? Um, guys like that, right? The, mm-hmm. Like the big time players. But I would tell you the other, I think, big time or the second most important 
big time playmaker on the offensive side of the ball is a tight end. A guy who's a matchup nightmare. A guy that so like Adam Trautman. Yeah, only different. Okay, than Adam Trautman. Only not Adam Trautman. Right. Okay. And I think that's. I think that is one of the. I think one of the things that that differentiates the college game from the professional game is in the professional game you better find a way to dominate and affect safeties and dominate coverage in the middle of the football field. Whereas the college game is outside the hashes. The professional game is inside the numbers. Mm. And it's a it's just a different deal. And so I would say secondly that is a that's a position that you have to have a dominant guy. Why did obviously they have Jared Goff and and they've got good running backs in Detroit and all that stuff? But really, what put them over the top this year, in my opinion, is Sam Laporta. That tight end came in as a rookie out of Iowa, and he was a difference maker. How are we the only ones to ever draft an Iowa tight end that can't play? <laughs> Yeah, that was a bad. That well, was. I a, mean, we pulled the short straw we, on that one. We get the one Iowa tight end who's just like, yeah. Mm. Everybody else is great, <laughs> and we get. Yeah. I'm sorry, but the steroids thing is the worst thing ever. I agree with Stink about being tough, but Royds crossed the line to cheating. There's a difference between toughness and cheating. Okie dokie. Well, yeah. well, this texter. I think this other texter responds to him perfectly. It's not the hall. It's the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Morals. The self-proclaimed guardians of the game should relinquish their hall votes. Alrighty. I, I just, I just look at like why are the only people being held accountable? The players are are the players when the the gatekeepers, mm. which is the commissioner, which is the which is the coaches, the managers, and all the gatekeepers just turned a blind eye to it because it was saving their game. Like I, I'm not saying that hey we should just do a all steroids, you know baseball or whatever. Right? Like uh, no, I I get that we want safety and we want uniformity of rules and all those different things. But to only punish the players, like to absolve yourself and act like you didn't have anything to do with it when you're giving Brady Anderson fifty million dollars because he had fifty homers, and if you're Barry Bonds, you're like really. Like he's, I'm, I'm a MVP, and you're gonna pay that guy more than me because he mashed homers. Mm. Like why? Okay, so you, you basically, you basically didn't just encourage it. You made it a prerequisite, prerequisite, prerequisite. There you go. Wow, that was tough. On a Friday that? too, nailed it. No, I've been reading a lot. I know. New vocabulary. I, I, saw, I, saw, I saw that Jack Jack yeah. Reacher novel. It's new Jack Reacher novel on the plane, guys. Have you seen the show? No, 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 no. I haven't seen the show. It's I, uh, it's all right. It's all right. But that dude's a badass, isn't he? Yeah, he's just a big guy. Like, I think my my issue with the show is that Richard was like a you know military cop. Yeah, you know. In the second season, he becomes like a superhero, mm. and it's like, is that is that what Reacher is? Superhero? Is, he, is he a superhero? I mean, he's close. Yeah. Well, you know. You start running. You think out of you'd material. be friends with Reacher? You start running out of material. <laughs> yeah, I mean they've got they've got books, they've got leagues of books to pull from. We're right, talking right. about running out of material, right? No, they're not running out of material. Um, I don't know, man. I'm I've I've enjoyed it, man. It's it's uh, 
Good. I've I've read two books in the series now. I've got two more that I just purchased yesterday. Yeah. I mean, how many Reacher novels are there? I mean, oh, there's got to be like 20. 20. 25 or... I mean, it's gonna it's gonna last you a long time. Yeah, something crazy. I I won't read the whole series. I'll get I'll grow I'll grow tired of it for sure. Yeah, because I mean at the same time it's all oh wow yeah you got a long ways to go. How many? Twenty nine. Twenty nine. Twenty nine. And one's coming out this October. Yeah, so this guy's get just, to read. This guy's just spitting them out. I mean, you think it's one guy? No, it's not one guy. It's Lich, Lich yeah, Child. that's what the book cover says. It's oh, okay. Ghost Riders okay. up the yin yang. That's what it is. All right, I'm gonna let you get out of here. All you right. gotta get to the airport. You gotta go see your son, coach some baseball. Hope you have a great weekend. Travel safe, buddy. All right, thank you, buddy. Cecil Lammy, he joins me for the next hour. Coming up next.